بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the great battle of Badr and how that battle which is perhaps the most important battle that was ever fought not only in the history of Islam but in the history of mankind and how that battle turned out to be a resounding great victory for the Muslims under the leadership of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself and it turned out to be a humiliation and a defeat for the arrogant kuffar of the Quraysh who thought that they were beyond being defeated. They thought that there was no way that they could ever be overcome. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught them a lesson, a very painful and a severe lesson. So this was the battle of Badr and we spoke about it in some detail last week. And after the battle was over, it came time for the kuffar of the Quraysh to return to Mecca. And it came time for the victorious Muslims to return to Al-Madinah. So eventually the caravan of Abu Sufyan and we spoke in detail about that caravan, the caravan of Abu Sufyan which was able to evade being ambushed by the Muslims. They eventually returned to Mecca. And when Abu Sufyan and his caravan returned to Mecca, they had no idea about the defeat that had just come to their companions. They had no idea that this army of the Kuffar of the Quraysh had been so severely defeated in the battle. They had no idea what the outcome of the battle was at all. So Abu Sufyan and his caravan, they're back in Mecca and they have no idea what the situation is. Also the people of Medina, they have no idea about the defeat of the Quraysh. They have no idea about this great victory, this great battle that took place and they have no idea about the casualties of the kuffar of the Quraysh. So neither side knows what has happened. The people of Mecca don't know what happened and the people of Medina, they don't know what happened. And when we talk about the people of Medina, we're talking about the Muslims of Medina, we're talking about the Jews who lived in Medina, and we're talking about the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, the pretend Muslims who lived in Medina. None of them knew what happened at Badr. The only people who knew what happened at Badr were the people who were present at Badr. Other than that, nobody knew about this victory of the Muslims and this defeat of the Kuffar of the Quraysh. So the people of Mecca have no idea and the people of Medina also have no idea. The first person from the Kuffar to return to Mecca to inform them of this great defeat was a man named Al-Haysuman ibn Abdullah al-Khuzai. Al-Haysuman ibn Abdullah al-Khuzai. So he's the first one who returns to Mecca and he goes straight to the Kaaba. And as we have mentioned before, that is where the Quraysh used to gather. They used to have these small groups of gatherings around the Kaaba where they used to sit and they used to talk and they used to socialize. So Al-Haysuman ibn Abdullah al-Khuzai. He returns to Mecca, he goes straight to the Kaaba and he sees these groups of, 
of people sitting and socializing by the Kaaba. And he calls out, he shouts out, Qutila Utba ibn Rabi'ah, Qutila Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, Qutila Abu Al-Hakam ibn Hisham. Abu Al-Hakam ibn Hisham is Abu Jahl. Qutila Umayya ibn Khalaf, Qutila Zum'ah ibn Al-Aswad, Qutila Nabih ibn Al-Hajjaj, Qutila Munabih ibn Al-Hajjaj, Qutila Abu Al-Bukhturi ibn Hisham. So he's calling out all of these names that they have all been killed. And these are the names of the leaders of the Quraysh. These are the names of the VIPs of the Quraysh. And he's saying one by one, naming them, all of them have been killed. So these people sitting around the Kaaba, they look at him like he's nuts. This guy is crazy. What is he talking about? There's no way that all of these people could have been killed in one shot like that. There's no way. So they think that something has happened to his mind. He has gone psycho. He's become crazy. So Safwan ibn Umayya ibn Khalaf, he was one of the people who was sitting around the Kaaba at that time. He's thinking this guy is crazy. He's just saying all of these names and saying all of these people have been killed. So he tells the people, ask him about me. Ask him what happened to Safwan. Ibn Umayyah and he'll probably say the same thing he will probably say Qutila Safwan Ibn Umayyah and I'm sitting right here just ask him so they asked him okay what about Safwan Ibn Umayyah and Safwan Ibn Umayyah is the son of Umayyah Ibn Khalaf and Umayyah Ibn Khalaf is one of the people who has been killed at Badr so they ask him what about Safwan Ibn Umayyah and then Al-Haysuman he says, what are you talking about? Safwan ibn Umayyah, he's sitting right here in front of you. Why are you asking me about him? But wallahi, I saw his father and his brother both killed at Badr. So now they realize he's not crazy. They realize that he is completely in his senses and he knows exactly what he is saying. And then the reality of the situation finally hit them. That he's speaking the truth. And all of our leaders, all of our VIPs, they have been wiped out. So this is something that hits them like lightning. Something that was completely unexpected to them. So as the news reaches them, they realize that 70 of the leaders of the Quraysh have been killed in this battle. 70 of them killed and 70 of them taken as prisoners. So now... The only two leaders left of the Quraysh, the only two VIPs of the Quraysh left in Mecca were Abu Lahab and Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan, of course, he was not even part of the battle. He was the leader of that caravan that was able to divert itself from the Muslims and come back to Mecca. So Abu Sufyan is back in Mecca. And Abu Lahab, he didn't go to Badr in the first place. Remember, we talked about the cowardice of Abu Lahab. There was a man named Al-As ibn Hisham ibn al-Mughira who owed Abu Lahab 4,000 dirhams. So Abu Lahab sent him in his place. He said, you go to Badr in my place and I will relieve you of that debt that you owe me. So Al-As, he went out to Badr, but Abu Lahab, he stayed in Mecca. So now these are the only two leaders of the Quraysh who are left Abu Sufyan and Abu Lahab 
As for Abu Lahab, when he hears the news of the defeat of the Quraysh, he becomes very worried and he becomes stressed out and he wants more information to know how exactly could this have happened. So he goes to the house of his brother, Al-Abbas. And Al-Abbas was present at Badr and he was taken as one of the prisoners. So Abu Lahab, he goes to the house of Al-Abbas and of course Al-Abbas is not there, but the wife of Al-Abbas is there. And her name was Umm Al-Fadl. So he thinks that maybe Umm Al-Fadl, she will have more information about what exactly happened. Because her husband was one of those who was present at Badr. So maybe some information has come to Umm Al-Fadl. So Abu Lahab, he goes to the house of Al-Abbas and he finds Umm Al-Fadl there. And he finds the servant of Al-Abbas and Umm Al-Fadl, a man by the name of Abu Rafi'ah. He was also present. Abu Rafi', the servant of Al-Abbas and Umm Al-Fadl, he was a secret Muslim. He had accepted Islam, but he had kept it secret because of course being there in Mecca and uh, being a Muslim, when all of the Muslims have made their hijrah to Al-Madinah, it would be something very difficult to proclaim openly that you are a Muslim. So he was a Muslim, he had accepted Islam, but up to this time, Abu Rafi' had kept his Islam secret. So Abu Lahab, he goes to the house and Umm al-Fadl is there and while he's talking to Umm al-Fadl one of the mushrikeen comes with some of the details of what happened at Badr to inform Umm al-Fadl about what happened. Abu Lahab is there and he's listening to this as well. So this mushrik he tells Umm al-Fadl he said that we were defeated with a severe defeat and the Muslim army they slaughtered us and they killed us and they took us prisoners and we were not able to do anything. We were completely overcome. We were not able to do anything. And we saw these white men fighting alongside with the Muslims. And they were people that we didn't recognize and they that we had never seen before. So Abu Rafi', the servant, he's listening to all of this as well. And excitedly he says, those must have been the angels. Those were the malaika. And Abu Lahab hears this. Abu Lahab hears Abu Rafi say this. And he gets very angry. He says, what are you talking about? And what is your business even getting involved in this conversation? You're just a servant. What are you talking about? These were the angels. And he starts to beat Abu Rafi. Abu Lahab starts to beat Abu Rafi very violently. Until Ummul Fadl. She comes in between them. Umm al-Fadl, she takes a stick and she hits Abu Lahab on his head so that he will stop beating her servant. So Abu Lahab is hit on the head and he falls back and he's bleeding from his head. And Umm al-Fadl gets very angry at him. What gives you the right? You think you can beat our servant like this? And Abu Lahab, out of shame and humiliation, he leaves that place. So Abu Lahab, he's very worried and he's stressed out about this news of the defeat of all of these leaders of the Quraysh and the death of all of these leaders of the Quraysh. And at the same time, Abu Lahab was infected with the disease of smallpox. And smallpox was a very, very deadly and contagious disease that basically destroys the whole body the outside of the body and the inside of the body. A very bad disease. So he was afflicted with small smallpox around this same time. So he went to his home 
and he lay in his bed for seven days and the disease is getting worse and worse and nobody wants to come near Abu Lahab nobody wants to come near him out of fear that they may catch his infection even his own children they won't come near him so he's isolated and he's alone and nobody wants to come near him and he's in pain and he's suffering and this disease is destroying his body and he's stressed out about what happened at Badr and his own children they won't even come near him to give him food so they throw food at him from far away so that he can eat and he lives in this situation for the next seven days and this is how the life of Abu Lahab ended in this type of a way this is the dishonorable death of Abu Lahab so he dies of smallpox after seven days in bed and nobody wants to come near him not even his own children food is being thrown at him so that he can eat and this is the way that he dies a death of humiliation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala humiliated him perish the hands of Abu Lahab and perish Abu Lahab this was the death of this enemy of Allah and his messenger so even after his death even after he died his children didn't even want to take his body to bury him they were afraid if they go near the body that they will be infected with his infection so even after he died his body stayed in that bed for a few days <coughs> until it began to rot and smell and still the children wouldn't go near him out of fear of catching the infection until the people of Makkah they said to the children of Abu Lahab hey this is your father you can't just leave him to rot like that and his body is stinking and getting rotten and falling apart how can you leave your father like this you need to do something about it and they said no we're afraid to go near him because maybe we will catch what he had and they said even so you are his children it is your responsibility to take care of that body so they realized that this is the responsibility and they had to do something about it so what they decided to do was to throw water on the body from afar still they didn't want to come near the body they threw water on the body from afar and then they gathered some stones and they threw those stones over the body from far away until he was covered up by the stones and this was the burial of Abu Lahab buried with stones in his own house in his own bed because nobody wanted to come near his rotting stinking cursed body this was the end of Abdul Uzza ibn Abdul Muttalib Abu Lahab so the news had to also spread from the Muslims to the people of Al Madina. The people of Medina, they didn't know about this great victory for the Muslims. So the Prophet ﷺ, he sent two of his companions. He sent Zayd ibn Al Haritha and Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Two of the great companions of the Prophet One of them from the Muhajireen And one of them from the Ansar So he sent them on his own camel The Prophet gave them his own camel And he said you guys ride into Medina And you tell the people of Medina about this great victory So <coughs> Zayd ibn al-Haritha And Abdullah ibn Rawaha They come into Medina on the camel of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just before they enter Medina, 
just before they entered the city the daughter of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Ruqayyah bint Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam she had passed away she had just passed away and she was buried by her husband Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu and this is actually the reason why Uthman radiyallahu anhu was not present at the battle of Badr because he had to stay in Medina to take care of his wife to take care of the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Uthman actually wanted to go out and fight but the Prophet ordered him to stay in Medina. And he said to Uthman that we both can't leave Ruqayya. Ruqayya was sick at that time. So the Prophet said to Uthman, we both can't leave. I am her father, you are her husband. We both can't leave her alone like this. So I'm going to go out and you stay and you take care of your wife. So he stayed according to the order of Rasulullah and eventually she actually died of that sickness and she was buried by her husband Uthman ibn Affan and the Muslims of Medina they attended the burial so as Zayd ibn al-Haritha and Abdullah ibn Rawaha as they entered Medina the people were just coming back from the janazah and the burial of Ruqayya bint Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam they were just coming back from that janazah so Zayd and Abdullah they come into the city and once they enter the city <coughs> they decide to split up so that they can spread the news spread the news of this victory throughout the whole city so they decide to split up Zayd he takes one part of the city and Abdullah he takes another part of the city to announce this good news so Zayd ibn al-Haritha he starts to announce the news he starts to call out Qutila Abu Jahl al-Fasiq Compare the, the different forms of the announcement. When it was announced in Mecca that Abu Jahl had died, it was announced as Qutila Abu al-Hakam ibn Hisham. But in Medina, the announcement is Qutila Abu, Abu Jahl al-Fasiq. Abu Jahl, the evildoer has been killed. Qutila Utba ibn Rabi'ah. Qutila Shayba ibn Rabi'ah. Wa Umayya ibn Khalaf. Wa Zum'a ibn al-Aswad. ونبيه ابن الحجاج ومنبه ابن الحجاج وأبو البختري ابن هشام. so زيد بن الحارثة he's announcing this and the people of Medina are surprised what they went out to get the caravan of Abu Sufyan where did Abu Jahl come from where did Abu البختري ابن هشام come from where did Umayyah ابن خلف come from they were not even part of this this caravan from what we know, from what the people of Medina knew, that the Muslims, they went out to get the caravan of Abu Sufyan. They had no idea that this army from Mecca had come and that this battle of Badr had been fought. They had no idea about it. So they're thinking, where did all of these people come from? Abu Jahl, Umayyah, Utbah. How were they even there and how were they killed? They're surprised. Even the Muslims, they're surprised. How did this happen? So Usama ibn Zayd, the son of Zayd ibn al-Haritha. Zayd ibn al-Haritha is the one who's making this announcement. His son Usama, he takes his father to the side. And he says, Ya Abi, ahaqqun hadha? Oh my father, is this true what you're saying? And then Zayd, he replies to his son, Wallahi ya bunayya innahu lahaq. Wallahi, oh my son, yes, this is the truth. All of these people have been killed. So the kids of Medina, they're very excited too. 
you know, to hear this announcement. So they start following. They start following and they start repeating the announcement. Qutila Abu Jahl al-Fasiq. Qutila Utba ibn Rabi'a. Qutila Shayba ibn Rabi'a. Qutila Umayya ibn Khalaf. Qutila Zum'a ibn al-Aswad. Qutila Nabih ibn al-Hajjaj. Qutila Munabih ibn al-Hajjaj. Qutila Abu al-Bukhturi ibn Hisham. The kids, they're all repeating the announcement and going to the streets of Medina announcing this victory. So the Muslims are all happy about this and they know that this is the truth, alhamdulillah. But this was news that disturbed the munafiqeen and it disturbed the Jews of Al-Madinah. They were not happy to hear this. So they decided to start some rumors. And the rumor that they started was something must have happened to Muhammad himself. Either he was injured or either he was killed. And the proof for that is that Zayd and Abdullah, they came in to the city on the camel of Muhammad What is that all about? Why are they coming on the camel of Muhammad Why didn't they come on their own camels? And if Muhammad was alive and well, he would have come in himself on his own camel. What are they doing with his camel? So through this type of suspicion and this type of doubt, they started poisoning the minds of the people and spreading this rumor that something happened to Muhammad So they started this rumor and they started to cause fitna amongst the people. So one of the munafiqeen, he was spreading this news, he was spreading this false rumor and Usama ibn Zayd, he took him and he said, you are spreading rumors, you are spreading lies about the messenger of Allah and then this munafiq, he said, well, this is what I've heard. I didn't make it up myself. I heard it from other people and I'm just telling what I heard. And then Usama said, you, you better stop it right now. You better stop spreading this falsehood right now. If you continue to do it, when the messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, when he comes back to Medina, I will tell him about what you are doing and he will order for your execution. So then he got scared and he stopped with this false speech. So, on the other end of the city, Abdullah ibn Rawaha, he's making the same announcement of all of these people who have been killed. Abu Jahl has been killed, Umayyah ibn Khalaf has been killed, Utbah, Shayba, all of these people, all of these VIPs, all of these leaders of the Quraysh, they have been killed. So Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, who was one of the Jews of Medina, he's saying, Waylak, ahaqqun hadha, woe be to you, O Abdullah. Is this true what you're saying? And Abdullah said, Wallahi innahu lahaq. Yes, by Allah it is true. And Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, this Jew, he says, how can it be? These people, these names that you are mentioning, they are the kings of the Arab. They are the muluk al-Arab. And you're saying that not one, not two, but all of them are dead? And Abdullah says, yes, it's true. All of them are dead. So Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, he wants to find out firsthand if this is true. So he actually packs up and he goes to Mecca. He leaves Medina and he goes to Mecca to find out from their end, is this really true? When he reaches Mecca, he realizes, yes, this is true. The same news has reached that side as well. And Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, this Jew of Medina, he starts to cry along with the people of Mecca upon the death of the leaders of the Quraysh. Even though the Jews, they had a treaty with the Prophet ﷺ in al Medina. But still, 
he was so upset that the Muslims were victorious. Ka'b was so upset that the Muslims were victorious and that the Kuffar had been defeated. Even though he had a treaty with the Muslims, he was hoping that these Kuffar would have a victory over the Muslims. And it just shows that the Jews of Medina, they had no honor and covenants and treaties meant nothing to them. And you will see that a lot as we continue with the seerah of the Prophet You will see that the Jews of Medina, they had no sense of honor for their treaties and their covenants. So Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf, he's crying with the people of, of Mecca over the death of these VIPs of the Quraysh. In the meanwhile, the Prophet وسلم, he's still on his way back from Badr. He's coming back to Al-Madinah. He's on his way. And with him is the rest of the Muslim army and the prisoners. The prisoners that they had captured from the Kuffar of the Quraysh. They're on their way back to Al-Madinah. In our next lesson, inshallah, we will talk about what the Prophet ﷺ decided to do with those prisoners and the ayat of the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed regarding these prisoners. Inshallah, we'll talk about that in our next lesson, bi-ithnillah, not next week, but two weeks from today, inshallah. Next week, I have a, a prior engagement that I have to attend. But the week after that, inshallah, we will continue with the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.